It is time for another episode of The Cultural Hall. It is another Articles of News episode. I promise you, getting back to doing the interviews. But, uh, you know, in the meantime, lots of news that we haven't covered. Lots of stories that have occurred. Uh, in fact, in this episode, we'll get some very current things and some things that I've just been holding on to that I wanted to comment about. I'm joined by Annette Luthi-Lyon. Hello, oh, hello, hello. Rawr. We haven't spoken since I got to work <laughs> with your daughter. That's right. Every so often I'll get a picture of the two of you from a wedding. It's fantastic. Yeah, she is about the sweetest person I've ever met. She really is. She's yeah. she is remarkable. Yeah. Yep. Super talented too. So it's not like, mm -hmm. oh, she's very sweet, but really dumb, right? No, she's yeah, both very sweet and so very talented. Um she's and the one who did Brother Kyle's wedding video. Yeah, I was reminded of so, that yeah. actually when I saw her. And we had a moment where we thought about Brother Kyle. And there have actually been a few people that have have checked in with me and said, hey, you know what? Sometimes people really think about it for the first little bit. How are you holding up? And, uh, you know, I've had a couple of moments where I uh, have spoken out loud to Brother Kyle. Uh, for people that may be listening and saying, who is this Brother Kyle? Uh, he is a former co-host of the Cold Hall, uh, passed away due to complications with ALS and just a couple of months ago as we record this. And uh, yeah, had moments where one time I just was like, man, I miss you. And the other time was, uh, I was like, are you doing this to me? Are you punking me right now? Because he would. Because <laughs> yes, because he would. And it felt so Kyle-esque that I just was like, okay, all right. There, there, you know, I, I see you. I got you. So um, yeah, and that video, you can find that on our Instagram feed. I, I can reels, see right? I can see him on the other side saying, don't call it a miracle. Yeah, don't yeah, call yeah, it a miracle, yeah. but I, I am messing with you. Yeah. I told you I'd haunt you. I made that promise. So so yeah, what uh what if anything of uh of praiseworthiness, of noteworthiness, anything that you're like, man, I gotta I know your book's out, and we'll put a link in the show notes where people can uh, yeah, the, the latest book. The latest one, yeah, it's a collection of three Georgian romances the georgian if, if for those who don't know is sort of it's right before regency so regency is jane austen mm -hmm. he, uh, georgian is like hamilton okay okay so it's just like revolutionary war only england so um yeah i've got a story in there the other two authors are elizabeth johns and jen geigel johnson who are both fabulous and fun names um, to say Yes, they are. Actually, here's the cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For our Patreon yeah. fans, patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall. And so for the, people yes. that follow us on YouTube, they recognize that I have recently dumped a bunch of things on YouTube. You can nice. find us on the cultural hall. I've been having to clean up my desktop. I've got, I've got to say, though, I it's been I've been doing these novellas for over a decade. And as much as I enjoy them, sometimes reviews sometimes are hard readers mm. reviews are for, are for other readers they're not for the writers but it is hard sometimes when you go story book after book and so and it's always yours is, is not the favorite you know mm. like i really five like stars stories, but, five yep. stars but you get four and you're like ah four is still fine but uh and it's <laughs> i've actually had a couple of reviewers saying that this is mine was their favorite in this collection and Yay. it's been a while it's been a while since i've heard that so it's like, oh, gosh, thank you. Thank you. Thank Good. You. Congratulations. So thank people you. can so, yeah. purchase that available in the show notes. Anything else significant? 
Um, well, let's see. <laughs> your stories of your MRI fun are hitting oh, home because my husband has re-injured his back. He had an injury 25-ish years ago mm-hmm. and it flared again in August and it has only gotten worse. So we had mm. an MRI yesterday mm. um, and we're figuring out what's going on with therapy. Get a but shot. The- it's game changing. Get oh, a shot and go oh, to he's physical had- therapy. He's done that. Okay. To the point we're probably going to have to need surgery because that's uh, we're dealing with other things. But um, if you ever need another MRI, see if you can get one in an open machine. Oh, I know. It's I a know. beautiful thing that oh, they got him an open MRI, and we're like, I'm like, it's not the tube of death. Yeah. So Although the tube yeah. of death. If you want to know how strong-willed you are as an individual, it's a great test. I'm not. Apparently, so the last time I had an MRI, because I have, you know, chronic migraines. Mm-hmm. And so every five years or so, my doctor will say, hey, let's just do another one. Make sure it's not a brain tumor or sure. whatever. It's been probably 10 years since my last one. I'm not bringing it up because yep. um, this time he said, oh, let's do brain and C-spine. So yes. the, and I was like, OK, but one MRI takes 40-ish minutes. Mm-hmm. So this was two. Mm-hmm. And then the computer crashed and oh, they had perfect. to redo it. <laughs> and I have claustrophobia. So this yeah. was just lovely. Yeah. yeah. So I, if I have to go again, it will be open MRI, please. And thank you. I What I don't know is uh, I don't know if I passed out or was just super tired because I had that huge moment of freak out. And then I just and then, fell, and then I just blacked out, <laughs> f- fell asleep. But I don't know if it was, I was tired because I hadn't been sleeping, or if I just worked myself up into a tizzy that I hyperventilated and passed out. I Either wish way, I would have. I woke up. Out. They grabbed my ankle and were like, "Hey, it's time to get out." Time and to get for out. me instead. They were like, "Can't move your head." I'm like, "I'm not," and like <laughs> just breathing apparently moved my head just enough so that oh gosh, yeah, it was bad. I did not not a fan. Yeah, no, no good. Yeah. Uh, only other thing that I'll say that is kind of exciting, uh, uh as of recently, um, I'm, I'm going, uh, on vacation, which I'm excited about. We oh. don't do very many vacations. We're Where making, are you headed? We're going to, this is great. I'll tell you this just quick. Uh, I said to my wife, um, cause so we're making a big push to pay off our house right now. That's the kind of thing that we're focused on. And so we haven't gone on many vacations and we certainly haven't paid a lot of money and everyone will have a thought about it. Contact at the culturalhall.com. That's fine. It's what we've chosen. Must be nice. Blah, 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 whatever. So we've sacrificed a bit, but we have uh, an account. I lovingly call them buckets where it's a certain percentage that goes into a vacation fund and that money can only be spent on vacation. And so my wife and I, uh, we're looking at my work calendar and November slows down quite a bit for weddings because... You have lots of like Halloween parties and those things in October. And then you don't have too much between Halloween and Thanksgiving. And then after Thanksgiving, it's all your corporate and all that kind of stuff. And then right around the Christmas break is when all the school kids get married so they can kind of have a honeymoon before they go back for the next semester. So digress three weeks in November, but we're only able to go for five or six days. I said, babe, I don't care where we go and I don't have the bandwidth to plan it. Here's how much money we have. Pick it. And uh, we had that conversation several weeks ago, and that's where it died. And I was like, well, maybe we're not going anywhere. We tend to do that a lot, not plan, and then go, well, we can. I guess we could go to Beaver. We could go out to Herda. We could see where they were going to build the temple out there. Um, But I'm working the other night, and I get uh, an email confirmation, actually three of them. It's like, ping, ping, ping. And it's Airbnb. Your Airbnb is confirmed. And I'm like, well, great. I wonder you know, where I'm going. So we are headed west. My my wife loves the beach. And um, so we are going to spend a night in southern Utah. 
so we don't have to like rush to California. Then we're going to spend a night in a place called Big Bear, California, which is we'll have a little cabin. We're bringing our dogs, so we're just kind of, you know, hanging nice. out, chilling. And then uh, the last two nights, um, you know how sometimes you look at uh, an experience and you're like, well, maybe one day, maybe I might be able to do something like that. My wife took this opportunity to have one day maybe be this vacation. Um, she found a, a house that's on the ocean. And so that's where we'll be for a couple of days. Nice. Yeah. In Santa Barbara, and uh, which is a great community. Apparently, several people have told me it's a place that you go if you don't want to have to do anything while you're there. Like it's just moderate just uh, climate, delicious food, and a couple things you can see. But for the most part, you just kind of hang out by the ocean. And so that's what we'll do the majority of the time. Love um, it. But looks super cool. And when I got home, she was like, are you mad? And I said, no, I'm not. You stuck within the amount of money we had. But I definitely was like, I we don't get used to this because we cannot do this again. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this will be fun for the one time that we will ever do this. This will be I, a great time. I will have to pass along some of the cheap travel tips I've learned which has allowed me to take two of my kids to Finland over the past several years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because like literally the last time um, I traveled from, uh, it was Salt Lake to Helsinki, mm-hmm. $500. Round no. Round. Yes. I reject it. Which is the only way I was able uh, granted. It was also in the fall, not ideal peak season and it was sure. economy and you couldn't check a bag and all, <laughs> I mean, it's all that stuff. You couldn't actually sit down. It was one of these but, new planes. It's but fun. if you know how to do it, like I have been able to do things and sh- like show my kids, you know, heritage stuff that I couldn't have done if it had been th- the regular peak season is thousands of dollars and yeah. I couldn't have yeah. done that. Yeah. So no. yeah, it's, I should pass it along some of that. Yeah, stuff. you should. Fun stuff. I'll, yeah. I'll take that. Stuff. Um, other things of note, um, yeah, I don't know, not probably nothing. Contact to the cultural hall.com. If you have guest suggestions, if you have, uh, things that you would like us to talk about here in the cultural hall, we certainly welcome them. Or if you have a bone to pick with us, it seems like lots of people always have bones, lots of bones to pick. So you're more than welcome to address that with us. Know that we'll likely share that email, uh, with everyone so that you can get not only my response, but others, whoever is hosting uh, that episode with me to get their opinion, as well as other people will then subsequently weigh in. You can bet for sure. Contact at theculturalhall.com. Take a break, do some news. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Let's do it. Hi, friends. Dan, the laptop man here from PC Laptops. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop, and they start at only $29 a month, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com bestdjinutah.com. You're right. It's a new ad. What? Well, it's been an entire season since I've recorded a bestdjinutah.com ad. And well, the wedding season coming to an end at this point, but not really because what happens now is everyone who's going to get married in 2024 reaches out and says, Richie, is it possible? Do you still have this date? And I tell them, yes, hopefully. And then we get you booked. We'd love to be able to work with you. Uh, travel all along the Intermountain West. Some people call it the Jello Belt. Uh, you can go to bestdjinutah.com to request a quote. You can find us on any of the social medias at bestdjinutah. And uh, we can answer any questions. Affordable? Yes. Over 400 five-star reviews? Yes. Highest rated in the state of Utah? Uh-huh. Go on. It's best DJ in Utah.com. And I'll give you a little hint. It also helps me to be able to do this like financially. 
support the cultural hall through that and you get something in return imagine running a small business today it's challenging imaging and internet presence is an absolute must even with that you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe now imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients imagine Lennon design whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation advertising media and promotional materials Lennon design is your partner in business they'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, we do actual Articles of News. I would like uh, guest number six, five, six, four, Peter Breinholt, to hit it, if he would. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. Uh, I want to start here. This has been the most chatted about article shared on our Facebook page. Find us, facebook.com forward slash The Cultural Hall, or just search The Cultural Hall. You'll find it. Almost 10,000 people hanging out over there uh, about the net worth of President Nelson. And it's interesting to me, whenever you post something on social media, because uh, the caption I shared was something like, "I th- this is something I had never considered before. That was it and then posted a link to the story. And technically not the right link to the story. Sorry, everyone, we got the right link there. But anyway, um, it is estimated that President Russell M. Nelson is worth about $20 million. Wow. And I just, I thought that was interesting. Lots of people assigned that my, I think that's interesting is like, do you want him to be penniless and shoeless and walk through the streets? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. And I'm not saying that. And this is interesting information. Yeah. And on the other side, I, I, you know, my mind curiously does wander a little bit to, you know, you know that he lives on the church's, uh, I don't want to say dime because that sounds like, but I mean, the church pays for everything in his life. You can anticipate because I think housing he, and security, yeah, he lives and, housing that, and yeah. security and travel, you know, he's not, he's not paying for any of that. Um, so, so I guess to me it is it is, um, on on some level just sort of an interesting thing, um, to to consider this multi million dollar, uh, worth, gentleman that leads the church. And people came out and said, you know, hey, listen, he was you know a heart surgeon, and talk about compound interest being in your favor. He's had eighty one years of compound interest. If he put like a dollar in the bank when he was eighteen, he'd have. $15 million. Not really. And then there's also patents. I'm pretty yep. sure he holds. So sure. uh, yeah, it adds up. Yep. A discussion on priestcrafts came about as we shared about it because <laughs> he writes books and certainly he's in a place of, um, you know, popularity due to his calling that, uh-huh. you know, money is made off of that, which sidebar, I really do think that like once they're apostles that like if they write books that those should go towards efforts within the church. I don't know that they don't, but to, yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But if they do go to the individuals themselves, you know, I, I take a little bit of issue with that. Um, and I would feel the same with, you know, other, I, uh, you know, church leaders in, in that respect, because they, uh, apostles, not everyone knows this, gets a stipend. They get paid as well. We always talk about how we don't have play, paid clergy. That's incorrect. You know, the, the, uh, the stipend that the 12 apostles get is $150,000 a year. Most of them made well above that as they were working. I mean, Gary Stevenson, you know, I, I don't know what his net worth is, but he was on the board of Nordic Track, which is then IFIT and 
you know, in the well to millions, millions, millions of dollars worth, right? And so I, I just look at that and go, guys, so that there's not any sort of, you know, oh, what are they doing? To me, I yeah. just feel like if you're writing about the Lord and, and you're in this position, this is going to the child's charity of this, the, the you know, the education thing or whatever. But that would be great. Yeah. But, but I mean, we don't know. It very well could be uh, that they do that. Um, several people were like, he's the head of the Corporation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's worth billions of dollars. What do you mean? Only 20 million. And, <laughs> not and how it works. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Oh, gosh. But, and they're not getting their stipends are not making them millionaires. That's, no. that's, also, that's another really no. That's not no. how this works either. But, but but I think I do think it's interesting that that that's not a thing that we talk about very much, mm-hmm. and it's just not something that we can we sort of consider very often. It's like you know most of these gentlemen, because of the leadership training that they had in their secular life, had set themselves up to be very wealthy. Yes. Uh, in you know in their later years, and I don't know that it's right or that it's wrong. I just think it's it, it is. is an interesting. And I would also I would also say that the sacrifice that once you're called in as, as an apostle, there's no release date to that. Yeah. And it's a huge sacrifice for them, their spouses, their families. It's it's massive. So I don't think a stipend is too much to give. Just, you know. Yeah. The other thing that I uh, found interesting about this article, because then they just got into some like interesting facts about President Nelson. Mm-hmm. I did not know that when uh, at full height, he was six one. I think of him as a much hmm. smaller fellow because that's taller I, than me. I would have I would have thought he was taller actually. Interesting. Yeah. But then there was also Elder Scott. I assumed he was tall and he was very short. I saw him yeah. in person once and went, what? what wait, what? Yeah, he was yeah. a little dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. That's where I decided to lead off today. What do you think? Uh what do I think? Yeah. About yeah. all that? Do you, do you have any sort of feelings about that and then lead us into the next Yeah, story. I so my thoughts kind of go back to having been, and I think I may have mentioned this before, but I, I was the kid of a mission president. So my family did live on a stipend for three years. And um, I remember very vividly at the time, my mom saying things like, well, I'm glad we're not a big meat eating family because this, I, I, I don't know how I'd make the budget work because hmm. um, it's just expensive. Food, meat is more expensive. Um, she, and then when I turned 12, somehow in the, the, the way they factored in the stipend, that meant we got a little bit more every month. There you go. And they're like, oh, yay, we have a little bit more, you know, but it was, it was literally like clothing and food and gas. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. It was hmm. enough to get by. And it was things like if we, if the washing machine broke down, you would contact church headquarters and a 70 would come out and look at it and order you a new one, you know, and you never had to worry about upkeep of things like that or cars or whatever, but you didn't own it either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So I, I just, I've seen the side of the money not being wasted. Um, so I, I have a little more trust, I think, than some people might. Sure. sure. And w- one wow. thing I didn't know uh, that I maybe could have assumed, but that I hadn't thought of, I didn't know that mission presents were on a stipend. Yeah. And, and one thing with them as well, and this is actually something that uh, I, I came up a few months ago, actually, in um remember which host you're chatting with, but the idea of, you know, how is somewhat of a problem if we only have like wealthy people being called as mission presidents and that and into those bishops or state presidents. And on the one hand, I'm like, yes, I, it, we don't have representation. Otherwise, we need sure. to have more variety. On the other hand, those callings are so demanding 
<laughs> if you don't have a decent income, you might not be able to do both, sure. especially sure. as mission president, because they will not call you as mission president unless you are out of debt, <laughs> except for like a mortgage. And sure. if um, you don't have a job, you can return to. Interesting. And that's why you get a lot of people like my dad, BYU professors, BYU's like, we'll hold your job. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Especially because he he had four minor children at the time. So mm. they weren't going to call him if he didn't have a job to return to. So mm. not everybody is in a position to to just pick up and leave for three years and then hopefully have a job when they come back. Oh, although that, so that brings so. up a, a completely other question that I've never considered. Say you're in a particular area, maybe not very well off. You have a, a gentleman who has, you know, sort of your blue collar job. Stake president feels like, hey, this is the guy that needs to be the bishop. You know, is it possible? I don't think that we do this, but is it possible that his income could be supplemented because he, you know, the the feeling is that genuinely he needs to serve in that particular calling and that the only way he could do that if the church supplements his income. Uh, that's a fascinating concept. You know, I, I, I don't think that it that's does. That's cool. That's, Based on think, everything I've ever talked to anyone about, I don't think that that I, exists. I don't know. I don't think that exists now, but that's an interesting idea moving forward. I think that yeah. would be really cool. Yeah, an interesting thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell me the next news story you'd like so us mine, to address. So mine, just kind of just, just piggybacking on President Nelson's very, very brief one, but apparently um, he doted... He, he donated, I can speak, President Nelson donates 30 years of surgical records, his thesis... Um, just dissertation, et cetera, to the University of Utah. Cool. So that has got to be some pretty cool information. I would love to just to look over some of that stuff. I thought it was just kind of cool. It not really what didn't go into specifics, but I just 30 years of surgical records plus his dissertation. That would be mm. seriously cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a couple quick stories just to tell you that I thought were interesting. Um, this is in... Let me see if I can do it. Uh, let me see if I can say this right. So in Cota de Ivo, uh, I, I think it's Ivory Coast is how we Americans would say it. Um, but I think it's Cota de Ivo. Uh, they Nailed combined, it. They combined two districts and made a stake there. And I just think it's cool. I think it's so Yay. great to to see the growth of the church in uh, on the continent of Africa. I just think it's amazing. I will never tire of saying, hey, you know what? This happened. Here's another one. Here's what we're doing. The growth of the church is humongous there. And I'm just, it makes me proud to see how well that's coming along there. Uh, another story, just quickly. Remember the the uh, the fires in Maui? Just devastating. Mm -hmm. People having to jump in the ocean, all of this stuff. Um there was an article, this is a couple of weeks old, but I uh, hadn't had the chance to mention it, about um, the youth going back to school for the first time since the fires destroyed the town. And in the, um, in the article, it talks about how the, uh, the students went back to high school and elementary school and all this about the middle of the month of October. And they talk about uh, also the fact that the two chapels in the Lahaina area were not burned. Surrounded by burned out cars and buildings, the church buildings have no marks, which is significant. Several people look to the Lord blessing them as far as that goes. Sometimes that can be a slippery slope, but to anyone that would build their faith, I'd say, you know, that's definitely the Lord looking out for you as far as that goes, especially as we, as we see the temple being built there. But I, I share that um, because I think that, you know, it's a sizzle in the pan 
that we go, oh, Maui Fire is terrible. And then we go, you know, shooting in Maine, terrible. And then we go, Gaza Strip, terrible. And then we go, oh, yeah, Maui. I forgot about that. And so yeah. uh, I I also say that to, um, to share that I have failed uh, to get anyone on talking about Maui. I have a friend who lives in Maui. He's on the other part. But I have not put in the effort that I should have and that really the cultural hall is all about to be able to talk to the people and the experience that they have. So, um, so this is me in a public apology saying I now have reached out to a couple of people and hopefully that will be a future episode where we're get, where we get to know what it's like to hear about the temple there, what it's like for the recovery there. Um, cause there's a lot to it and a lot of it sort of economic and political too, where you will not see the Island of Maui unless things change, uh, be the way that it was because big corporations are coming in and buying up the land from these yeah. people that had owned it for centuries just cause they're not able to rebuild. So it's their only family wealth too. That's yeah. just that part. Yeah. Yep. So uh, and then the last quick story, uh, Halloween, Tom Homo, the athletic director at BYU, uh, known for uh, doing a big, big deal for with his Halloween costumes. Uh, several articles, including those in Sports Illustrated, are like, what is he going to be? What's he going to dress up as? Dumbledore is the uh, is the answer. He dressed up like Dumbledore. So we'll share a link to that in the show notes. And you can see some of the costumes he's done in the years past. Was the, uh, I forget the character's name, but the guy from Coco, but it's spot on. I think he gets a makeup artist. I think he gets the, you know, MDT program at at BYU to help him costume it it's he the, he is a gentleman who goes to the nth degree when it comes to Halloween so you can find that Fun. image in the show notes what else do you have so the, I have a story that is, it's kind of two stories one that began in 2019 now we have a follow-up so um this is something that's relevant especially like to my kids they grew up if you are all familiar with the the sticky shoe movie theater on main street in american fork okay northern utah county it was like the dollar theater it's where all the a lot of high school kids that was their first job um it was this just this, it was like the third run movie theater and everybody loved going there it was just this fun place and then it closed down and my kids oh. were like that was my those are my teenagers that is so sad um and then i i found out why it closed down um unfortunately it is um couple members of the church who weren't doing great things um, oh no yeah the the associate dean of students at uvu and his wife um were charged and then they pled guilty to um communications fraud and um all this money they had apparently they cost uvu close to four hundred thousand dollars um they were just taking money for themselves for their own uses and calling it other things and whatever no. which is really sad so they had owned the theater and with all of their, their legal bills and whatever they just had to sell it hmm. so it was just boarded for quite some time but it is open again there are new um, owners and it new is so honest people running the business yeah, seriously I'm, i was so excited driving past i'm like oh my gosh i look on the website and i had to look some of these things up they mm -hmm. now call it maven cinemas um it's the townhub.com town with an e mm -hmm. but if you just if you google sticky shoe american fork you'll still find it um so <laughs> it is now because that's what everybody calls sure, it so it is sure. now owned by joseph and devora i hope i'm saying that right governale they have theater backgrounds they've both worked at hale they've mm. both worked in hawaii and new england and all these different things in the theater area and they, they've wanted to have their own space and now they are doing really fun things like they've bring they're bringing back 
a lot of old classics like they're doing a terminator marathon they're doing a harry potter marathon they're doing breakfast at tiffany's the shining like all yeah all kinds of different things um it is such a fun lineup and i really really hope that they succeed people will come out and support them i mean they're that on facebook they've been like hey what movies do you want to see people like ferris bueller like done so we'll put that on i mean that's in november sometime so awesome so check them out it's like it was kind of a sad thing but now we can be happy again and it's just right off the freeway and and on main street in american fork so nice nice way yay for uh honest members of the church yay (laughs) uh a bunch of quick stories um have you ever heard of uh the mama dragons Yes. Tell people what they are as you understand it. I think you've had some members of the Mama Dragons on, if I recall, years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they are mothers um, within who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who have children um, in the LGBTQ community. And so they it's kind of a support group among themselves um, because that's a, a, kind of a an unusual position of it's one thing to be Christian and still and have a child in that community. It's nothing to be LDS. And so they advocate for their children. And I think they're all across the spectrum as far as activity and belief and practice and all that. But that's mm-hmm. my understanding. Yeah. I'm trying to find which number episode it is. Know that we'll find the link in the show notes. So you'll just be able to go and click on it there. Uh, but we, we spoke to the uh, founders of the Mama Dragons. And and I suppose I knew this or could have assumed that there was such an organization. But recently they got written up in uh, Yah- uh, Yahoo News. Yep, it's still a thing. Um, the Dragon <laughs> Dads. Oh. And it's a, and it's a group of men doing the exact same thing. It's interesting. Um, within the article, they're like, you know, we still support them and go to church. And the three people that they profiled don't go to church anymore. Um, but I assume, just as it is with the Mama Dragons, that there are varying levels of activity. But if you're looking for some support, uh, you have someone in your family, LGBTQ, uh, particularly your kids that, you know, you need some advice, other people that are going through the same thing. It can be a support group. I always, uh, you know, I, I always encourage people to feel it out because sometimes it, it, the company that you keep can influence how, you know, how you start to believe, feel, go. But, you know, if it's a positive thing for you to be able to do a support group like that, or there are many, I think that it can be a great experience. So uh, you can find the link to that news episode in or that news article in the show notes. This I thought was interesting uh, on uh, Christmas Eve, only one hour at church. So. Yay. You know, that means you can uh, you can do your uh, midnight mass at your local Catholic church that night to pick up the other hour. So you still have the two hours. But I know in uh, our word, we've already spoken about how it will be half music and half very Christ-centered talks, which is the way that I think it should be. Um, and they're really trying to have an idea of um, inviting all of the neighborhood. So having it be not even... And everyone will take umbrage with this, but not having a uh, an LDS-centered Jesus perspective, but a Jesus-Jesus perspective. And yeah. I think if you're being honest, you know how it can go askew uh, when you start to talk about Wait, Jesus. And what? you're like, and when he came to Joseph Smith and you're like, this was so good. And he did. But also, let's Christmas. just be, like, it's Christmas. Can we, like the birth and the life and the saving grace of Jesus. Th- today, can we keep it there? Maybe. Can we? Please. Just a thought. Yeah, it's putting a light under the bushel. Uh, And then uh, the last thing, I'm going to steal this story from Mr. Mayor, uh, the church that is the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square, Tabcats, 
Um, they are going to be touring again next year internationally. They've got the itch and they're going for it. Um, they're going to be performing in the Philippines from the 20th of February to the 29th of February. So um, they had so much fun and had such great experiences in Mexico earlier of this year that they're looking forward to be able to share that there. Um, and that summer in Philippines. Oh, is it? I think so. Dark, yeah, it's flipped. Right? Isn't that is it February? Uh, yeah, January? you're asking yeah. the wrong person. Other hemisphere. So I think it's warm down there then. Uh, the church has 800,000 members and nearly 1,300 congregations in the Philippines, which I think is significant. Um, two Filipinos who already have a close relationship with a choir in a unique way are Ronald Ba and Sunday May Andino, both participated as those international members at the April General Conference. Uh, and then Indino returned as a guest participant in the October conference as well. They're excited that they're coming to their home country. And so it should just be absolutely uh, a great, great thing. I, I know normally they travel every other year. Let's get them out every year. Well, Michael chances Lutter, are they weren't, out able, there. they weren't able to for a while because of COVID. So they're making up for lost time. Yeah. Yeah. What other stories yeah. do you have? Okay. So I'm, you know how Megan is the... Um, Sports person, I think I'm the mm -hmm. crime person. I just okay. So, the, so I know we've you've discussed the major stories, but I'm kind of can bring them together in a different way. So there is an awesome YouTube channel that I highly recommend. Okay. It's called Hidden True Crime, and um, it's interesting on a couple of levels. One is that it's a husband and wife team. He is a forensic psychologist, so he talks about the perpetrators or those those who have been accused and um charged with various crimes and what may have led up to those things. And they've covered a lot of the, um, unfortunately, our type of crimes lately that, you know, the, the Daybell and, you know, the Hildebrand and all that stuff. Extremists. Um, yeah. And, and also, you know, the Brightigan family um, with Shannon Gardner and the Stampin' Up murder and all of that. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is, so he is the forensic psychologist. She has, was a journalist for ABC4 Utah for many years. Mm -hmm. um, she's no longer in front of the camera, but she has, she's using all of those journalist skills and she was raised in the church. So she has a, a perspective that you don't usually see. And so when I was first listening to them, and I think it was on uh, about Shanna Gardner, um, talking about her mission and this and that. And then, you know, the wife was going, it was explaining some terminology. And I thought the way she's saying that is so accurate. It's like an in-person and, I, you know, someone who really understands. And then I found out, oh, well, she was, I don't know if she's active anymore, but she was raised in the church. She understands the nuance. And so mm -hmm. she explains that to the audience and it's awesome. So I highly recommend the one about Shanna Gardner. They've done, of course, a bunch on, um, Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell, um, a whole bunch of other ones. But yeah, Hidden True Crime, and they often have lives on Friday evenings, sometimes on Saturday as well. And then you can pick them up. I, I never watch them live. I can I watch them later, but um, they're fascinating. They go into like Ruby Frankie and I mean, all, all of those things. And oftentimes from, he's the forensic psychologist side. And she, again, she's the journalist, but also a member of the church who gets it. So it's been, you, you know, fascinating thing about that podcast mm -hmm. she and i were the originators of the cultural hall Lauren, she was that Hold that up. is that is the original host of the cultural hall so if you listen to about the first 15 wow. episodes Holy or so, cow. i didn't i didn't recognize her voice on that yeah 
well, I mean, that's almost 13 years ago now. People's voices change. I thought I would have recognized at least something wild. Okay. Well, and her last name was different. Uh, uh-huh. I can't think of what her last name, her unmarried last name was, but we dated. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's Matthias now. Now it's Matthias. Yep. They do a really great what job. What was her first name again? Yeah. Lauren. Lauren, uh, yes. Lauren. Now I'm thinking of all the popular Laurens, like Lauren Bacall. And I'm like, that's not who that is. No, not, not, not that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, but great job. And if you go back to the early, early, if you're a Patreon saying that's the easiest way to do it, patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall. She's also a part of uh, the 500th episode celebration where I get on all of the uh, old hosts that have been in the years. Oh, and, that's right. Uh, and we talk about how, yeah, she, I, I don't, uh, they live in Southern Utah mm-hmm. and I don't think that she attends church anymore, but served in the same mission too. She served in the oh, wow. Cleveland mission. So, so yeah, the, the, his, her husband's um, view about Shanna Gardner in particular and her background and upbringing explained a heck of a lot. Hmm. Honestly, it's fascinating. So, and something else that they brought up that is disturbing, um, but very, I think, important to look at is that um, the Daybell situation, the Ruby Frankie, Jody Hildebrandt slash eight passengers stuff, Tim Ballard and um, the Thibodeau or Thibodeau that with Blaze, yeah. that whole thing, yeah. mm-hmm. all of all of those have connections with Julie Rowe and Visions of Glory. Yep. All of them. So that's, just, and it's about, I can't remember how, when Julie Rowe's book first came out. Um, there was someone I knew who was very excited about it. And there was something in it that kind of gave me this ick feeling, but I couldn't really put my finger on it. And then a week later, the church came out and said, CES teachers would don't use her stuff. We don't authorize this. this is, we don't, what's the word? You know, this is, we're not Endorse this endorsing not it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so I yep. forward that onto her and she's like, oh, that's weird. Um, and now all of this is coming out and I feel mm. a little vindicated, <laughs> but it's just like, I never would have imagined everything and the th- i'm just grateful that blaze is home safely because after what happened um to Lori's children i worry that he- that was in his future something yeah. similar so yeah, anyway i just well, i'm just but, thinking but... who are your who's your messenger guys let's it's not it, it if you're leading away and saying oh president ballard has fallen and let's follow yeah. tim instead yeah 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 well no. and 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 to that point, just so if there's anyone, like if Elder Ballard started saying some stuff, I don't think I'd just be like, Elder Ballard, you're the man. Right. I'd be like, can't <laughs> <laughs> think about that. Right. Uh, 2014 was Julie Rowe's first stuff. And, yeah, about 10 years ago. Just about. Um, exciting. I just booked this interview earlier today. It hasn't taken place yet, but um, Leah Satilli, who... Ooh. Uh, she is the host. greatest showman, isn't that? No, 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 but oh. that would be awesome. Oh, no, no, that's okay. Sorry, uh, Similarly, is the um, she works for Oregon Public Broadcasting and she did the Bundyville series podcast and she uh also wrote the book about the Daybells about uh, Under the Killing Moon or Under mm. something. I don't know, it's like one of the foremost books about that whole series. Um, yeah, so she's going to come on and we're talking about all things extremism and why you see that so prevalent with uh, folks within religious folks, uh, in general and the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is how that discussion yeah. will be focused. So, so I would love to hear her thoughts on like the whole Nephi thing. I, it seems like since the Lafferty brothers in the eighties, 
up through Tim Ballard and everybody else, it seems like they love going back to Nephi and Laban and using that to justify their actions. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to say in all of scripture, we have one story like that. What makes you think you're special and you get to be another one? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I, no, no. Well, no. but, but, but uh, my wife and I had this uh, very, very um, excited conversation about that uh, the other day. And think about it though. If Joseph Smith wouldn't have thought that he was the one we wouldn't have the Church of Jesus Christ. Okay, we probably sure. wouldn't. It would have been restored through somebody else, right? But mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's I think that's the sort of mentality that does it. Is we we tell the story of a simple fourteen year old boy just wanting to know the truth, going into the grove of trees and praying, and he was chosen by God to do that. And I think so many people draw the similarity. That's like, yeah, I can do it. I got the faith. I have a feeling that it's people who are vulnerable to that mm -hmm. um, and maybe on the narcissistic spectrum because sure. I, I'm special. Yep. I'm the called one. God sure. speaks to me. Sure. Because it's always we're the chosen ones for the second coming. We're going to gather. Yep. So I have the secret messages. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So here's some lighter ones. Um, <laughs> so going with the literature geekiness that I always do, there's a new academic book out that's discussing theology through the lens of fantasy fiction. Okay. So it's focusing on four writers. So no, not surprisingly, Tolkien, mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings, C.S. Lewis, of course, Narnia. Okay. And then the other two are Orson Scott Card and Brendan Sanderson, which are the interesting. The, yes, the big, huge, you know, Latter Day Saints ones. So, um, it's one of those books that's incredibly expensive because it's an academic text. Mm. So maybe someday the price will come down, but we'll still put the link in the show notes. Um, another fun one. So this is more. I'm curious if, if maybe a sociologist or something, someone could analyze this one for me because I find it fascinating. Mm -hmm. you know, Utah is the hotbed of MLMs. You know, the whole multi-level marketing thing. So on TikTok, there is a, a creator um, from Canada, from Saskatchewan, and she has all of this anti-MLM content. And she's hilarious. She was, at first, she was just tracking like girls she went to high school with and who were in MLMs and finding mm -hmm. hilarious trends. And then it just exploded into this huge thing. Um, but one of her videos that she did was tracking, comparing MLM people who are ML and MLMs and what their kids are named and how they spell their names. And there was a bizarre correlation. And these are Canadian people in Saskatchewan mm -hmm. who, if you're an MLM, you're far more likely to spell your kid's name some wacky way like you would find in Utah. <laughs> and I'm trying to find the correlation there. Like, what is it? It was like the examples she gave were straight out of Provo. It was mm -hmm. like, what the heck? It was like, you know, Emily with L-E-I-G-H at the end and sure, weird sure. stuff like that. And I was like, why is this happening? Is it the MLM culture is doing? I, I don't know. It was bizarre. And I just had to mention it because, and, and besides she deserves more follows. She's hilarious and awesome. And she's trying to take down MLMs. So, and then the other one that um, I wanted to bring up quickly was. Let me, uh, let me address that yes, one just real quick. Uh, yeah. Because uh, Calgary, Alberta, neighbors to Saskatchewan. So there are lots of members of the church up there. Yeah, be part I, of it. I was wondering. Yeah, because um, she actually did do a spreadsheet about all of the uh, provinces and Alberta. There was a big a bump there, not as big as I expected. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people actually said, "Oh, I wonder if that's because of the the High Latter Day Saints population." And the so other that thing that there. I would say is that probably those people within MLMs that look to like these these people who are making it, you know, the less than one percent who actually mm -hmm. make a living doing From MLMs, their downline, yeah. 
that those are people that are like, this is my, you know, they're, they're sitting in meetings, they're getting trainings. And this is, this is my daughter, Ashley, E-I-G-H. Yep. This is McPaytonson. True. You know. <laughs> True. So there's, it's like by example, maybe. So could, very well could be. That would be my just immediate. That's interesting. Before we also go too far yeah. away from this, uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, Christian, mm-hmm. uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, Roman Catholic. So, that's so also better. Christian, but Roman yeah, Catholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, C.S. Lewis started out atheist and tried to disprove Christianity and in the process converted himself. Yeah, yeah. So, which is fantastic, yeah. So th- that would be a, a fascinating look within that book. How how much is exorbitant amount? Do you um, I, I, I don't rem- I remember looking at it originally and I don't have it written down. I will look. You know what? I'll look and it's let you like know it, as we go it's along. It's like the uh, it's like the um, Joseph Smith Papers, <laughs> You're something like, yes, like that. I yeah. would love to have that book, that great reference in tangible paper form. But that's also multiple thousands of dollars if you get all of the volumes. So, okay, it's not that bad. The hardback is one hundred dollars. Ah, that's not bad. And the ebook is forty five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's you know it's up there, but it's not <laughs> yeah. completely out of the realm of possibility. If you really care about it, you could justify it as a yes. great Christmas gift or something. Or just read "Surprised by Joy" by C.S. Lewis. That's the book about him converting. If you ever read his book called "Miracles," uh-huh. whole, unless you're smarter than I am, which you very well maybe, I I could only read about ten pages a day mm-hmm. because it's like all this logic, intelligent, genius stuff, and I'm like, hey, my brain hurts. I have to like process what I just read and mm-hmm. then come back to it. He's brilliant. He was a brilliant man. I uh, I got an ebook uh, edition of that book, The Miracles, and mm-hmm. I got it on a cheapy old Kindle, and I stuck it in Brother Kyle's casket uh, before he. No, I'm just teasing. Can you imagine something to read for you, Brother <laughs> Kyle? Just, I so hope that was real. Dang it! A book That's about miracles. Perfect. I thought about getting a sticker that said "Miracle." Anyway, I just was. Miracles I was real. mourning. I didn't, uh, yeah. didn't get to all the things. I love that. Was that the last kind of a quick fun uh, story? You got another the, one? This, this one's not as fun, but it is quick. The, the, um, the B.O. Jerusalem Center students are home now. Yeah. They, they, they evacuated to Greece initially, and they thought they would continue their schoolwork. They did for a few weeks, and but then they came home. So yep. they are and now I, home. And I have reached out to a friend of the show, if you remember, over Easter. He uh, was one, he and Trevor, uh, Trevor... Hatch, is that Trevin? Trevin Hatch uh, did the uh, week-long celebration of Easter with us. They took a day, and Eric Huntsman was in Jerusalem because he's the head of the Jerusalem uh, Center, the BYU Jerusalem Center right now. And uh, I have reached out to him multiple times and said, tell me what it's like. Tell me what's going on. And he said, here is the email address of the person that will tell you no. And I have <laughs> and I have reached out to that person. And, I, you know, I don't ever want to be told no, but I would sure love it if they would tell me no. As Actually, to get an answer. Not tell me anything. So. so here, one, I have a friend, though, who's, she was a kid when her her dad was uh, director of the Jerusalem Center uh-huh. during Kuwait, the whole desert storm. And they, were, they actually had to go into the bomb shelter of the Jerusalem Jeez. Center with gas masks and, and all this stuff. So. Jeez. She might be willing to chat. I don't know. Um, yeah, so, I'm looking for like anyway. boots on the ground for what's going on right now. Right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but glad they're all stuff. safe. Yes. Um, they made it out. Uh, here's another kind of sort of interesting article. Uh, this was a little bit ago, but you can find it in the a link to it in the show notes. Uh, it, it is estimated that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints by the year 2044 could be worth $1 trillion. Uh, it and I've never heard the church's wealth be estimated at this, but 
2022, it says its estimated wealth is $236 billion. That the way that it has grown previously and the way that it has invested, um, you know, donations, et cetera, could be as much as $1 trillion. Just think that's an interesting uh, kind of note to throw in there. Um, What else would I tell you that would be sort of quick and kind of fun? Uh, Oh, yes, I need to get to this one. So a long time ago, I presented at a Sunstone. I want to say it was probably like 2014 or 15. And it was uh, me and three other individuals who had been excommunicated from the church. Um, I don't remember who the other two were, but I do remember that uh, Levina Fielding Anderson Mm. recently passed away. She was part of the September 6th. Um, She attended church every week and tried to rejoin the church, but was unable to, unallowed to do it. She was a a poet. She was one of the founding members of the Association for Mormon Letters. She was a, yeah, an -hmm. important figure. So she um, recently passed away and um and i was on this panel with her she had the most amazing story and it was funny i think our panel was an hour long and i want to say that she took like 35 minutes i want to say the next guy took like 25 minutes the next woman took like six minutes and i said i was excommunicated ask me about it if you want we're done time's over and and they were like oh hey sorry about that and i'm like poorly managed poorly moderated (laughs) yeah you know anyway it was fine. Her story was great. And mine was much different. It was one of those things where I was like, you know, though both excommunicated, very, very different circumstances uh, for being in that in that situation. And of course, I was rebaptized and she wasn't. And so there was a lot of things like that. But I just remember, you know, her story um heartbreaking in a lot of ways and just an amazingly intelligent, caring, loving individual. But now she has passed away. So yeah, very sad. What else you got? Okay, so um, I so if you've heard, there's the Netflix docu docu series called "Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey," <sighs> which is about yeah, exactly. Warren Jeffs, the yeah. whole Warren Jeffs thing, and it's like, oh, um, absolutely fascinating and distra- I almost didn't watch it, and then my hmm. daughter was like, it, "It was worth seeing," and I'm like, "Okay, fine, I'll, I'll grit my teeth," and I, and she was surprised that I didn't want to watch it because I will watch all kinds of like true crime stuff and sure. I don't flinch, but that this hit, I don't know, a little closer to home. Um, but after I saw it, I, I went to a friend's birthday party and, and then one of, I mean, a friend of, of hers showed up and turns out she wrote the book that mm. the, the, the docuseries is based on. And wow. so the book is called destroying their God. Um, mm. And it says by Wallace Jeffs, who's Rulin's brother. Sure. And it says with Shauna Packer and Sherry Taylor. And if you know anything about writing with is who really wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but in talking to her, she did almost all the writing and the other gal was the one that was kind of giving like suggestions and critiques. Um, but it was fascinating. And she said it was actually scary. She got death threats and all kinds of stuff in the process, but um, yeah, very much worth looking into. Uh, and yeah. Wallace Jeffs will make a link to this in the show notes. Uh, previous guest of the cultural episode 269 um he is the 30th child of former prophet of the flds church rulon jeffs half brother to warren jeffs uh he was eventually excommunicated after daring to defy one of his brother's self-serving commandments and you can hear his story which is wild episode 269 
Uh, easier, of course, if you're a Patreon saint to get all the old episodes, patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall. But if you just search Wallace Jeff's episode 269, you'll find it that way. Or, of course, click on the link in the show notes. So this um, is his book that was largely written by, I believe, Sherry Taylor. Mm, but, yeah. yeah. And I think so it's called Destroying Their God. Do you know when that yeah. came out? That might have been why we chatted with him. Uh, very well might have been. You know, let me take a peek. Actually, I think I have it up on my phone. Um, I'll I'll take over this and then you can kind of throw this in. There's a new film coming out. You remember we talked to the uh, couple of the actors in uh, Undaunted Witnesses of the Book of Mormon. So you can find mm -hmm. that previous episode of the Cultural Hall. There's a new episode or a new uh, movie that's coming out. It's called Six Days in August. It's the film about the prophetic succession after the death of Joseph Smith. It's in production mm -hmm. currently. Um, and there are many ways that you can uh, help to fund this project because it's sort of being privately funded. Um, filmmakers and actors are working in Canada because the places that they wanted to work like Palmyra, Kirtland, and Nauvoo have too many paved roads, telephone lines, too hard to make it look like that timey kind of stuff. Um, but because witnesses turned out so well, they decided that they were going to do this film about the prophetic succession. And I think that's a fascinating thing that we do not talk very much about. Mm -hmm. When you hear Agreed. that, you know, James Strang, we did that great episode, uh, find it in the show notes uh, about this guy who led a couple thousand people, including Joseph Smith's mom, to an island in Michigan. They were like, he's the guy. Like, it wasn't just, and that's the thing, that's a narrative I think that gets sort of taught, right? Uh, that there was the meeting and Brigham Young spoke and people heard and saw the prophet Joseph and that everyone went and followed him. Not at all the case. So I hope that they, I hope that they, uh, you know, give it that historical accurate treatment mm -hmm. of it and not the kind of way that we teach it within the church. Not to say that we don't teach it accurately within the church, but we definitely paint a narrative of like, they know when they felt and they did. And it's not that clean. Not quite, yeah, nothing in history is that clean. That event did happen, but mm. there's a lot more to it. Yeah. Or, and the there's a lot. When did the book come out? The book came out June 2018. Uh no. And wouldn't we would have done it before that then. So okay. He had another book, I think, talking about how he escaped. So very well could have been uh, that. Uh we haven't mentioned this. I thought that this was significant. Bonnie H. Corden, new president of Southern Virginia University, which I just think is awesome. When you think about uh a lot of these universities that members of the church attend Southern Utah University, a female member of the church, president of that university, uh, Astra Tomenez, who is the uh, president of UVU, member of the church, convert. She, uh, obviously a woman and in charge of UVU. Um, Bonnie H. Corden, um, formerly of, what was she? Young Women's or, yeah, Young Women General President for the church. I think so. Uh, is now the Southern Vir Virginia University, which isn't owned by the church. It's church, church adjacent, but now that uh, institution of higher learning headed by a woman, I think that's awesome to see the more and more of that as we, you know, see that in higher education, uh, people can be what they can see. And I think that that's significant. Um, I thought that this was sort of it. I'm surprised that we didn't get this story when Megan the Mitch came on. Uh, BYU uh, played the TCU, Texas Christian University. And there was a whole section of missionaries <laughs> and that's it. And several people going, must be nice. I didn't ever get to go to a football game on my mission. Um, <laughs> but you know what? 
we got one day. It was the coolest thing. Our mission president said, you can have one day to be a normal person, air quotes, in the mission. Really? Wow. You, you can do whatever you would like that isn't against your moral principles and isn't against mission rules. So it's not like you could go on a date or something like that, right? So um, I remember one of the times I saw, <laughs> and I got express permission, and it's so funny that I did. Uh, one of my free days, I watched um, Miss Saigon, the musical, which if you're familiar with Miss Saigon, not appropriate. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been able to see it, but I did in fact get you know, verbal specific, you can go see this show permission because and the he probably didn't. We didn't have Google to double check. Yeah. Well, we did. Content. But it, was like, it was a bong, bong kind of. Yeah, video. it was dial up version or something. Um, but the the reason why I was allowed to go is the um, the lead in it was Will Swenson, former member of the church and oh, star of Sons right. of Provo, singles with the first ward and, you know, all those movies. And so when they found out that they're like, yeah, of course, he's not going to be in anything that would be inappropriate. <laughs> and we, we uh, my companion. Yeah. My companion didn't want to go, so I got another missionary who was interested in theatrical endeavors to come with me, and he didn't know anything about the show, and we were three minutes into The Heat Is On in Saigon and went, you know, maybe we shouldn't be here. <laughs> we stayed, but uh, <laughs> but it was... Uh, three minutes in, yeah, your was, car just got pricked, and you're like, yeah, never mind. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stay. We'll stay. Oh, that's too funny. I love it. Uh, we got time maybe for one more. What you got? Okay, this is incredibly short, but kind of funny. So um, Live with Kelly and Mark, it used to be Regis and Kathy Lee, but mm -hmm. it's morphed over the years. Um, they brought up this thing. Apparently, Bryce Harper. Mm -hmm. Member of the church, Philadelphia. Member of the church, yes, pay, baseball pay player. millions of dollars. He um, confessed to liking romance novels. And they had this whole conversation about it. So we'll, we'll we'll include that link. They're just like, oh my goodness, he likes romance novels. Yeah. True men can like romance yeah. novels. What? Well, and he, so. and he, if you know anything about Bryce Harper, he's a man's man. Yeah. The so they're like Bryce the, Harper. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. No, I'm sure funny. it's because of his wife. Yeah. I, you know, she picked it up and he's like, what is this? And then, you know, I know a lot of people, I don't, I've never met a, a gentleman who has just gotten into the romance novels just by himself. Right. It's not a question I ask often. So it might be that several people have, but I know yeah. several gentlemen who, because their wives would get in them, they were looking for a connection point with their wife. They would sit in and then, you know, the wife would be like, ah, I'm over this. I don't like this. And they're like, you don't understand. Well, Kathy came home and exactly. Pierre was there. <laughs> well, that's the thing. How many people can say that they just stumbled upon their favorite book or favorite author? Mm -hmm. Usually it was recommended or they saw a friend reading it or something like that. So mm -hmm. That's the most common thing. And I will say that the best romance novels are not about the spicy stuff. They're about the relationship. It's the tension. Just saying. It's the yeah. tension. You it's know why they'll dating come together. keeps all your attention. Once exactly. you're married, you just stop paying attention. That's why Frasier was an awesome show until Niles and Daphne got together. Like, yes. it, you know, the tension is there and you know where it's going. And the fun in a romance novel is not knowing how it can possibly get there. Funny, funny, so. funny, funny. Uh, and the new Frasier, of course, not as good. I haven't watched it yet. I don't have a I've heart. heard everyone. So I love, name. I love the original so much. They said, "Man, um, eh, mm. it's good." Uh, I think that'll do it. I'm just scanning through a bunch of stories. I've still got 118 pages 
of uh, news that I just haven't gotten to. And someday, you know, I, I just don't know that we're ever going to get it, but I always feel the constant pressure to be like, share you know what? Me. Seven years ago, this was a news story. Let me share it. Yeah, I'm not going to go that far. Come on. Okay, like this one I thought was mildly interesting. There's a wife and mother of five, Jennifer Houghton or Hofton, who runs the channel Turtle Creek Lane. She was um, bombarded um, by bees in her house. And I think that she'd be an interesting interview because she has more than a million followers on YouTube who became just absolutely fascinated. She's one of these um, over-the-top members of the church ladies who's like, you know, it's a birthday party. It's the birthday party of the century. It's a Christmas tree. We brought the forest to our yard. It's that kind of thing. No going halfway. Yeah, yeah. but she got invaded by bees. And the channel is Turtle mm. Creek Lane. So, like, that's a story that I've hung on to. Why? I don't know. That's terrifying. That's going to give me nightmares. So, yeah, they're coming you. for your house next. And don't kill them. Call an apiary. If they're Call actual them. bees, sure. If they're wasps, none, no guarantees. Yeah. On, no. <laughs> No, thank you. Well, sure, I get that foamy, intense spray stuff. And I go, take that. How dare you? All right, that's it. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope that if you're sick or afflicted, that you'll be able to listen next week. And then when the time came comes home, uh, when the time comes, geez, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of Of the Cultural cultural Hall. And I'm going to take this quick second to give a shout out to Megan Oler-Gordon. She does all the articles of news links for the Cultural Hall. So special shout out to her. We gave her a lot to do in this episode. Thanks, Megan. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back.